morning, church. How y'all doing? All right, so we got an easy one today, guys. We're going to be talking about and addressing, um, if I had to call it anything, what we're going to be talking about today is sin. <laughs> so uh, what it is, what authority we have over it, and how to live a life set apart from it. Um, you know, I was just reminded as I was getting prepared for this, and I've had about a month to look at it and all, and just praying about it, and I was like, Lord, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to do? And uh, I kind of just come to the, I was riding one day, and I was dealing with God and listening to some worship music and going back and forth, and I was like, uh, Lord, what, is, what do we need in our church? What, what is it that, you, that you've set, that you've done in us to equip us to be able to make it in this life? And, and something that I just, something that's real in my life, and I'm sure that's real in the majority of your life, is that at one point or another, sins affected you in a way, and still does, that, that you don't like separates us from God, that takes us off mission at times. And, and I, so I was, I was jacked up about it because I was like, you know what? Perspective-wise, I don't, I don't really care what anybody thinks. <laughs> I'm going to send it, and it's going to be good and all this. And the more and more I unpack sin, and when you're preaching about something or looking at something, you have to really look at it yourself and say, what is this? What is Scripture telling me? What is Scripture doing to me? And yeah, I'm a total different creation than I was when he started, but I'm a work in progress. And it's the same thing that I think all of us are. And, and too many times as we come in and we start to grow in Christ and we start to start our relationship with Christ, where it's not something we like to address because it stings a little. It hurts a little to think about sin and the effects of it and what it's done, especially if you love the Lord, which I'm sure the majority of us do. That's why we're here. Um, it's really just, uh, it's, it's, it's heavy. So, uh, it's heavy, but it's also freeing because I know that the God we serve doesn't just say, hey, don't sin anymore and then send you on your way. He goes with you. He died for us. He went up on that cross for your sins. And so many times as Christians, we say, oh, yeah, God died for our sins. He died for our sins. And then, it, and then it, that's as far as it goes. There's no weight to it. It just says God died for our sins. He's like, amen. Yeah, God did die for our sins. And that's great, but there's a weight to it. And uh and I don't. And it, there's also hope in it. So what I mean by that is, he didn't just say go and sin no more. He also equips you with the Holy Spirit, so you don't have to go by yourself. And you can't. You know, we we have the flesh inside of us. It's something we deal with, and we will deal with for the rest of the remainder of our life. But something I've been set free of, and we've been set free of, is that we serve a Father in heaven that has come and covered every sin debt that we could ever accumulate, and He loves us, and that's the reason He done it. That's not a sentence. That's not something that separates us. That's something that sets us free because God loves us enough to come and do what he did. And then we can commune with him daily because of what he's done. So that's free. But so anyway, without further ado, I'd, uh, I'd like to. We're going to start in Romans 1, 16 through 25. Where are we going to stop? And uh, I'll let you get there. And then I want to go ahead and pray for us. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, I just received you in this room, Lord. I ask for your Holy Spirit to lead anything that comes out of my mouth, anything that's said in this moment. Don't let it be of the flesh, Lord. Let it be more of the Spirit than anything. Let this glorify you. Let this weight set on us, Lord, but then let us know that you've given us a way out, Lord. I pray that we're, we acknowledge that we, we battle a real enemy, Lord, one that's out to kill, steal, and destroy everything about us and to make us 
unaffected and unequipped in what you called us to do. We know with you, we have all power and all things necessary, Lord. So I just ask that we rely on that today. I ask that you're just in this place in just such a mighty way, Lord. I pray that the chains are just broken off today. Any sin that may be holding us down, Lord, I pray that weight is lifted because your power is efficient, Lord. So I ask you just to be in this place, go before us, and let us just earn today what it is that you'd have us to, Lord. So just be with us in a mighty way. Go before us, and we love you so much. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. So in Romans 1, starting in verse 16, it's, it, it, this is Paul talking to the Roman church, and he hadn't made it there yet, but he's trying to, and they say he's wrote, written this letter. We just got out of 1 Corinthians, and so he's writing this letter to the Romans because he's not sure if he's going to make it there, but he's encouraged because of what's going on in Rome. So he's reading this out, and he's just, this is what he wants the Roman church to know here. He says, and he goes into 16, it says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God, God is revealed from faith to faith, just as it is written, the righteous will live in faith. For God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Since, we can, since what can be known about God is evident among them, because God has shown it to them, for his visible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. As a result, people were without excuse. For though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or show gr gratitude. Instead, their thinking became worthless, and their senseless hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanging the glory of a mortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, four-footed animals, and reptiles. Therefore, God delivered them over in their desires of their heart to sexual impurity so that their bodies were degraded among themselves. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served what has been created instead of the Creator who is praised forever. Amen. So as I was saying, as I was preparing for this week's message, I'm reminded too often we brush sin off, don't address it, keep it hidden. Often it's around us every day, a lot like the Roman church. We are surrounded by it every day. It's easily accepted and often practiced. If we, the body of Christ, don't address this, the world will. That ain't what we want. And much like the Gentile world, in the time of Paul, we deal with a lot of the same fallen, broken system of sin. So with that said, like I was looking at the Roman church, and the Roman church at the time would have had all power. I mean, they, the Greek had philosophy, everybody. They, they had knowledge and stuff. In Rome, they had everything. They were one of the greatest empires of all time. Up to that point, they were. And, and so with that, they had everything that we've got in America now. They've, they've, they've had all those things. They had all these things that they could get into, all these things that said that they would they can indulge in, would make them happy, would make them fulfilled, would do all these things. So as I look at the Roman church and look at what Christ or what Paul was saying to them about the Gentiles' guilt, he was saying, hey, this is what's happened. He says, when Paul opens up his message in Roman 1 by saying he is encouraged, that's what he did to him first. And Paul always did. He'd come in and he'd boost them up and say that. And I feel the same for us, but he is encouraged after hearing the faith the Roman church has in God. They have an awesome opportunity to reach a lot of people for the kingdom of Christ. And their hope is found in salvation from Jesus Christ alone. The next thing he does is show them what it is the Lord is saving them from. A broken, fallen world where people over time have known there was a God, but have went their own way in desires and knowledge, and have let themselves down a path distant from God. 
If we look at verse 18, it says, For God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. So like, let's unpack that just a little bit. Mankind does suppress the truth of God. Every truth revealed to man by God has been fought against, disregarded, and intentionally obscured. We live in a world full of sin against our Creator, and sin does one thing very well. It consistently promises everything and delivers nothing. As well, it suppresses the truth of the gospel in our life, but not just in our life, but for the people around us. So if you've got a relationship with Christ, Christ set you free from this stuff, and you live your life a certain way, or if sin's got you held captive... That don't make you a bad person. That makes you a person. But what it does is it suppresses the truth of the gospel to the people around us. It suppresses the truth to people looking at our life. And then also when we chase after these things and we go after these things, then we're not focused on the gospel for our answers or for what we seek in life is more of those things than it is this. So... As I was looking at that, if we ever want to be successful as a body of believers, we have to be aware that sin is trying to kill us every day, and it suppresses the truth of the gospel in our lives. It kills your relationships. It kills your testimony. If you say on one hand, oh, God's so good, he's done all these crazy things in my life, but then the way you walk it out in front of everybody looks like hell, what are people going to know? It kills spiritual growth in your life. Separate. God loves his people. God come and died and did everything because he loves you. He despises sin. The things that separate us, and don't worry, guys. I don't want to be apologizing the whole time, but it's going to get better. This is the, this is the rough part. We're going to get back out. But all the while being, my, all the while, like with sin, all the while being mass is something that is fulfilling or good. All the time it looks like, hey, if you do this thing with this group of people, then your life's going to be fulfilled, that you're going to be happy, that this is going to fulfill you in a way that you've never been fulfilled promises it every time, but it often leaves you so empty that you just got to replace that feeling with another feeling. Sin consistently separates you from God and his calling in your life. However, being a sinner, and, and, and I've heard this week as I was, I was actually, I did a, I did a wedding yesterday and um, officiated one and it was awesome and everything, but I was, I was dealing, talking with a lady and she was talking about, I was talking about going over sin and all, and she was saying, you know, that's one thing that, that kind of drove me away from church when I was younger was that I felt like, oh, I've sinned, and that makes me a bad person. And then she said, well, I, I didn't want to go to church, or, or I, would, I would sin, and I'd feel so shameful, and I'd feel so dirty and so messed up that I felt like, well, I'm a mess anyway. God doesn't need me. He's got plenty of people, and, and, I, and I'm fine with that, and I'll just keep continuing to sin because it doesn't hurt anything. So the enemy was allowed to get in there and misconstrue that situation, Later in life, you know, and that's the reason I'm saying I'm not just talking today about what sin is. I'm talking about that we got a Savior that can save you, that saved you out of that sin. And if we rely on him for it, then we're going to be successful in defeating it and getting over it. So that's just too often the story is we hear, oh, you can't sin. Oh, you can't sin. Oh, you can't sin. Yeah, sinning is bad. I'm, I'm firmly going to agree with that. But like even Paul said he carried the flesh for his entire life. That's something that we're going to do. We're sinful. Our, our nature is, is lean towards sin and away from God, without God, much more than it is trying to seek somebody we don't know. So like Paul says, too, we are justified by grace alone. Justification by grace alone is the act by which God moves a willing person from a state of living in sin to a state of grace, to being made righteous through him, by him, 
So the only way we make justification, the only way that we're able to be right with God is through God. So yeah, sin's in every one of our lives. But the only way we're going to be able to be made righteous and made right through that and have power over sin in our life is through Jesus Christ. That's through the, the Holy Spirit that he's left you and lives inside of you. That's the only way to be successful in this. So next part I got is how is it defeated and what sets us apart? What gives us power in this battle against sin that we deal with every day? And, and I'm using broad terms, but you know what sin is. You know what sin it is that you carry in your life, just like I know what sin it is that I carry in mine. So in 1 Peter 2, 24 through 25, I'll give us a second to get there if you've got your Bibles. And it'll be on the screen as well. So 1 Peter 2, starting in 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Mm. (laughs) So our acquittal from sin is made by the fact that Jesus Christ came and died on a cross to pay a sin debt we never could or will because he loves us. He come and did that to make us right stand for God. So like, I just don't want us to miss that. Like, we have to understand that sin, we have to understand sin and what it is and understand the weight of what Christ has done for us to understand what it is that he's done on the cross. Just as I said, sometimes we hear God died for our sins and that's as deep as the thought goes. It's so much heavier than that. These things that, that bind us up, these things that hold us down, these things that separate us from God, like what he's saying is God come and died on a cross for us to dig us out of a sin that we've tried so often to get out of and we can't get out of on our own. And we don't have to. That's the freeing thing about this is we don't, the power that we have over sin is the cross. The power we have over sin is the blood of Jesus shed for us in our transgression to make us right with his father, our father, because that's the only way that we could. It's the only way to be successful in this battle. (laughs) It's Christ, and also too, like Christ didn't just pay our sin debt. He also has left us the power of the Holy Spirit to work inside of us, direct us, and equip us as we follow Christ. He gave us a way to be made right with him. He gave us a way to righteousness. And that's what it says in that 1 Peter 2. It's saying that he did that. He bore these sins so we could be made righteous to him. So that's what we're called to. In that text, he's talking about we're not called to live in sin. We're called to be made right in, in, in the image of God and like God. And we were created in the image of God, but we have to understand that picture of what it is, what he is in our life, we have to understand that the Holy Spirit of God living in us is what directs us to that. We can't do this on our own power. Also, the only answer for sin and repentance is Jesus. Seeing a clear picture of Christ is what draws us away from sin. So with that established, I go into how to be victorious over sin. And and I'll be real with you, and I'm just going to make sure there's no... Yeah, okay, I'm good. <laughs> I'm going to share some of my personal testimony here. And, um, and I don't just think, and that's the reason that this is so heavy, is because I don't think, and I, actually I know that before I had Christ in my life, there was nothing I could ever do to make me good enough. And like once I realized that there's nothing that I would ever be able to do to make me good enough, it set me free. 
Because like, here I am trying to, I, I started following after Jesus, and I'm like, I'm like how do I do this? I, oh, I love this. I, I come from, a, and I'm not getting to it yet, because I want to go through Galatians 5 first. But I come from a place where, you know, um, I, I don't know. So I, I come from a place where once I realized that my father in heaven was a perfect father that could show me love in ways that I'd never seen before. I wanted to be part of that. But the only way that I'd ever lived up to that point was I, all my friends, I was a funny guy. I, I, was a, I, I wanted to have a good time. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. So I wanted my father in heaven, but I also wanted to live my life because that's the only way I ever knew. And there was some stuff holding me back in that. And this, is, this text, it just resonates so much because when we're going to be victorious in sin, we got two options here. And, and this is what the text is talking about. He's talking about living by the flesh or living by the spirit. So as I just said, the Holy Spirit that resides inside of you, that's an option. You get to live by the Spirit. You get to live submitted to Christ and what He's done for us on His power to be able to, de- to defeat sin, to be able to be an effective husband or effective wife or effective citizen in this community or effective member in the body of Christ that is equipped and sent out and is reaching people and reaching souls for His glory. We have the opportunity to do that because of what he's done. So as we go to Galatians 5, starting in 16 through 25, and it'll be on the board. So starting in verse 16, it says, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, so that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Okay, stop right there for just a second. That's, this is what's amazing about our, our opportunity to have a relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. We can walk by the Spirit, yes. We live in a sinful, broken world, but by God's grace, we can be led by Him. Those sins that so easily ensnare us without Christ in our life, when you have received salvation in Jesus, you don't have to fight those things on your own power because you will receive power out of salvation in the form of the Holy Spirit and the Scripture that you hold in your hands. So as we go to... And that's just... He's just setting up that we got the opportunity to... That this thing is looked at as not... Pleasing to God and not living in the flesh. And then living in the spirit is pleasing to God and is against the law. And you're not held to the law because Christ and what he's done has set you free from the law to live in him. So we have the opportunity to live in the spirit. So in Galatians 5, 19 through 21, it says, Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, Sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. I'm warning you about these things as I warned you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. 
Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. And this is what I mean by with sin in my own life is that um, for a long time, you know, I come from, there's a couple things that I started out as. I started out as, you know, my mom and my dad, they divorced when I was three. And um, from that point, I had, uh, my mom had remarried and uh, that lasted a little while and, um, and she'd remarried again. So what I was seeking for a long time when I said about my father was m- my father, um, he, he loved me in the way he knows how, but it's hard to convey something if you've never seen it. It's hard to teach something or, or be a father or be anything if the only image you've ever seen up to that point is a bad one. That's not to knock anybody. Like I said, sin and all this stuff, it doesn't, it's not a sentence. It just makes you a person. All right? If you're tied up in anything that you've got going on in your life, and like so many of our family members, so many of us, you know, this is something that I want us to take on too. Is that because um, we got personal responsibility in this thing as well? Is um, we see that just the images that we see to, to, to make us right or what we think makes us morally good, a lot of times they're misconstrued. A lot of times people screw them up, but people are people, you know? That's like a truck driver one time, your brother, Jay. He told me, he said, I was upset about something one day, and I said, Man, man what's, what's going on with this? And he said, Brother, people going to people. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. They do that all the time. So, um, but anyway, so getting into this. So what I did was I was always seeking uh, other guys around me. I always wanted to feel like I was affirmed. I always wanted to feel like I was um, somebody to fit in. And I, we didn't have a relationship with the Lord. So there wasn't like, we weren't going to church on Sunday. We weren't doing these things. We were, we were trying to figure out how to make a living. We were trying to figure out how to pay bills. And I was just in the midst of it a lot of times with a single mom. And, and so I would seek things out for fulfillment. So I think that's the same thing I said about sin is that a lot of times it, it promises everything, but it delivers nothing except the emptiness and you chasing that next feeling or next thing. So I, I was raised by my mom, and then I was raised by men, and a lot of times I didn't respect men in my life. So I never had a good image or picture of that. And, and that led to um, seeking... Uh, affirmation through other things, whether that was even at a young age, whether that was in, I love you before I send this, <laughs> so my wife better, but um, uh, it would be affirmation from women, you know, my mom loved me, I wanted to feel loved by the world, so it would be, it'd be other girls, I stayed having girlfriends and stuff like that, and, and then as I, got, as I got older, I started, when I hit high school and all, I wanted to feel like I was having a good time, I wanted to feel like I was... Um, I, that I was affirmed and stuff. So I started partying at a pretty young age. I started partying when I was probably, I'd say, 15. Um, and before that, you know, just basic stuff. I, I hung out with a pretty rough crowd, so they wanted to do stuff and try stuff that we shouldn't have been. Quite a few of them were strung out by the time we were 15 and 16 years old. And luckily, and I say luckily just because out of my own selfishness, I had seen my, my, some family members of mine struggle with drug addiction and stuff so much that I got to the point where I was like, well, I don't want that. So I would get right there to the edge of it and be like, well, I know what this road leads to. I got somebody in jail over here, and I got somebody going down this road over here. So I don't want that for my life. So I, I stayed out of the drug path as much as possible. I had tons of friends. I still walked through it with friends all the time. But I stayed out of that. But what, what got me 
was that uh, when it when it come down to being affirmed, a lot of times uh, riding dirt roads and stuff was something that where I was from was something we did because there was nothing to do. Like I said, I didn't really have a relationship with Christ. And so we'd go riding dirt roads. Well, that led to drinking. And drinking led to um, uh, uh, two or three years where it was every Wednesday night we'd get started pre-gaming. And then Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, we were at the bars. And it was pretty much just to, to feel fulfilled. It was the to go out and we thought we were having a good time. But the thing about sin and the thing about living that lifestyle is that it was, it was tearing us up. We weren't successful at anything. We didn't have anything. We was a bunch of punk kids running around with nothing to our name, nothing to call. And things aren't everything. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is that running cost a whole lot of money trying to figure it out. And also that, that running tore up a whole bunch of relationships. There was a bunch of turmoil and a bunch of stuff that got tied up in every one of those situations that separated me at a time. From God, it suppressed the truth because I wasn't worried about the truth. I wasn't worried about what God could do in my life. I was worried about when the next good time was going to be. I was worried about what the next thing in my life was going to be. Well, then that leads in, and I'm not saying like if you looked at my life on paper, if you talked to me when I was going through all that, you would say, oh, there's no, you were a good kid. Don't beat yourself up too bad. But no, the fact is like the life that Christ has set, has set apart from me that I was handicapping and separating myself from in those moments was it's not even close. It's not even close because the world was telling me that, hey, if you want to go out and party, you want to go out and do these things, that that's going to make you feel good, that's going to make people think you're cool, and that's going to give you something. It never did. It not, not one time. And what that leads to is if you're partying and you're drinking and all, um, during the midst of all this, too, starting at a young age, and I'd say, I'd say probably the first time I was ever shown anything like or done anything, was I was probably 10 or 11 years old out at my buddy's houses and um, or at, actually at one of my dad's friend's houses and they want to break out like Playboy magazines and say, hey, this is cool, check this out. So at 10 and 11, I'm seeing images of naked girls, which I'm sure, like we're not naive to it. At, at this time with computers and everything else in their face, kids are seeing it a lot, a lot younger than that. But so I'm subjected to this at a young age around the men in my life that I look up to and I think, oh, they hunt, they fish, they like to party. This is what you do as a grown man. This is how you live. Well, then they're seeking these things and they're saying, hey, this is cool to show a 10-year-old this. Well, then I'm seeing that and I'm thinking, oh, okay. Well, that's, that's part of life. That's what guys do. That's what's accepted. So from that age up to probably till I'm 12, probably till I'm 20, probably 24 that I'm really dealing with it, and then some after. But anyway, that small little thing in my life ignites something else in my life that leads me to watching pornography and indulging in that, which is so often. And, so, and it's such an easily hidden sin that when I started following Christ, when I started actually pursuing after him, and that, that addiction rolled into some pretty rough stuff. It, it gives you, it, it wasn't, I'm not glorifying in any way. What it did was it gave me a misconception of how women really were. It gave me a misconception of how marriage was supposed to be. It gave me a misconception of how I look at other people's things. And it gave me all this, it, it, it tore me apart. So this sin in my life, even though, and, and, and the, reason, the only reason I'm sharing this is because each and every one of y'all have a different story. It's not the same, but I guarantee you, in God's eyes, like he says, our greatest works are like filthy rags. So outside of God working in our life and doing what he's going to do in our life, there's not a whole bunch of stuff that impresses him 
other than his children submitting to what he's done for their life and, and taking that on and living that life out. So the sin that's in your life and the sin that's in you, it may look different in my story, but the reason I'm being transparent is because I really want you to think about what it is that you've got going on in your life because I'm going to get to in just a second what that was doing to me. So that addiction rolled into years of, I'd probably say when I was 14, I went to a church camp, and I, had, I was best friends with a pastor's kid over in Vidalia, and me and him were a mess. Like, we was rough. And uh, so we indulged in, you know, chasing women. Uh, the, the alcohol and the drinking took off then. And I would went to a church camp, and I mean, I was, at the time, like I said, we partied and all. I, I know that Christ moved in my life on that day. I know that when we went to church camp that he moved because I literally left out of that room, not just as an emotional feeling, but I left out of that room, and, and I'm crying, and I'm calling my mom, and I'm like, Mom, I've been, I've been messed. I've been, uh, this is 14 and 15. I guess it started earlier than I said it did. So I'm calling her, and I'm like, Mom, I've been at so-and-so's house, and we've been, we've been getting drunk, and we've been smoking pot, and we've been doing all these things. And she's like, at a time, she's starting to follow Christ, but she doesn't have a strong relationship with Christ yet. And um, so I come clean about all these things, and there's no way in the world that I'm telling my mama all this stuff unless something's happening inside of me. So I, I get done with that, and I have this experience with God, and I'm like, hold up. This is the first time that I felt like that he's doing something in my life. So for like a month, I'm coming back, and we've got this term we're saying, we're talking about, I, I had my, my, my wife's pastor walk by a room, and, and I told him, I said, uh, I said, man, we about to get lit. And I was not talking about Jesus, but she walked in the door, and I said, for Jesus. <laughs> and so we played about that the whole week, but that's what happened. Like that, God took a hold of my life on that day, and I was like, I don't know what this power was. I don't know what just come over me, but this is amazing. So for about a month, I'm like on fire for Jesus. And I'm just like, man, this is awesome. We got to pursue the Lord. We got to tell people about Jesus. Y'all know I like to talk. So I'm like, I'm like, we got to do all these things. But what happens is God really moved in my life, even at that young age, really does something. But I get around my friends. I get around community. I get around the atmosphere that I'm in, and the same old, same old kicks back off because that is what generally people won't. You know, it says we're going to be persecuted for our faith. It says we're going to go through stuff. This isn't necessarily easy if you're trying to please man instead of please God. So what happens is I slide right back off into that thing and I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> uh, this, this, this party and this stuff is good. And, and I know Jesus did something, but this is real strong in my life. And this is what I want to do because this is what people do. And I just, uh, I, I let that go on, go on for a long time too. All the while, even when I'm doing better, I've still got these sexual desires that I can't control on my own power, and, and I'm going back to party, and I'm going back to all these things, and I'm jumping back and forth. I'm going to this relationship with Christ. I hit 18 or 19, and I kind of separate myself from my friends. I'm like, y'all, I can't keep going like this. I start running a soundboard at a church, and I start seeing God moving people's life, and I'm like, something is here that isn't out there. Something different is happening with this relationship with God, and I can't explain it. So once again... I start get jump back in the scene, kind of step out of church, and I go back to hanging out with friends, back chasing women and stuff, and doing stuff. And um, I'm living my life. And this, uh, I, I skip forward to I'm 
I started this relationship with my wife, and we're in Statesboro. Me and her are not living for Christ at the moment when we first started, but we started going to, we were doing Connection Church then to going to Bible studies and doing stuff. So still, I'm like, I'm like, I know God's real. I know something's different because every single time sin promises all these things, I go down this road, I land flat on my face, and I'm empty every single time. So I'm like, something's got to give. Something's got to change. So I... And what's awesome about the Lord is he don't, he's not giving up on you. He's right where you left him at. He's not, he's not when you sin, it doesn't, it, it separates. Like in the moment, he's not right there with you in the middle of your sin. If your sin's cocaine, he's not doing cocaine with you. If your sin's pornography, he's not watching pornography for you. If you're an alcoholic, or if, you, if, you, if that's your vice, he's not doing that with you. But he can save you from it. So what... What happened was, um, I start. I'm like, I'm like, something's got to give. I want to be a successful father. I'm looking at marriage at this point, and I'm like freaking out because I'm like, I'm. On, I've, I've seen marriage done wrong a lot, and I'm like, I'm gonna make sure I get this right. But I know I can't do this on my own. I know I can't do this on my own. So, um, so I get everything else out of my life. All the other stuff, kind of. I quit drinking. I'm still drinking some, but I quit drinking. And so I'm not partying that way, and I'm trying to work and make money and trying to be a good husband and trying to do all these things. And, and I start following God, and I've, I've just got this, I feel like there's this still, there's, there's something that's, that's disconnected me from the Lord. And this whole time, if I'm going through, if something hard's going on in my life or something else, I've still got this vice back in the corner. I've still got pornography in my life. And a lot of times that's the way I would handle stress and other stuff would be go into that. And what it was doing was I had an option here. As we're talking about in Galatians, I'm talking about living by the, living by the spirit or living by the flesh. Every time I chose to live by the flesh, I failed. Every time I chose to live by the spirit, something else inside of me was changing. Something else inside of me was building up and something else was making me live a more fulfilled life. So where all this other sin in my life was leaving me empty, this, this thing living in the spirit, living by what God had for my life was filling me up. But it's like I hit, at one point I hit this plateau. And I know why I hit the plateau because I'm hiding this sin in my life. I've got this back in my life that says, I don't got it on me right now, but I'm, I'm hiding this sin in my life that says, well, if I do want to indulge in pornography, because I have been since I'm 10 years old, then, I'm, then I can because nobody's going to know about it. And then I let the enemy lie to me and say, that don't hurt nobody. That don't, that don't mess with nobody. That's just the thing guys do. And so I've got this in my life, and I'm still wanting this relationship with God, but I still got this sin in my life. I'm still, I'm still attached to it. I'm still controlled by it. So not to say that you can't have sin in your life because sin will be in your life for the rest of your life. You're surrounded by it. The scripture calls us to live in this world, but not of it. We're called to be set apart. We're called to be a light to the people and the, the people around us. So as I'm looking at this thing, I'm like, Lord, what do you want from me? What is it that I'm needing to let go of? And I'm praying every week. And I know because it's like crystal clear thought coming through. It's like, you know what you got to give up. And I'm like, all right, all right, I'll give it up. I'll give it up. So I'd give it up for a day. I'd give it up for two days. I'd give it up for a week on a good week. But it was always there. It was always something that was controlling and rupturing my life. So as I look at living in the flesh or living in the spirit, like what he's talking about there is he says, now the works of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of ang anger, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. 
I was hitting off on like eight of those before I got right with Christ. And then, and then still, I wanted to hold on to four of those. Like, Christ isn't asking for a piece of you. He's asking for all of you. He's asking, he did his part. He come and died on the cross for our sins. So what he's asking this. So what happened is I had to get a little transparent, like I'm doing now. I had to say, we're going to put this thing in the light because I'm sick and tired of the enemy mutilating me while I'm in the dark. So what happened is I start, I'm like, all right, Lord, I'm done. I want what you've got because time and time again, I'm falling on my face. So I give it up best I can. Last about a month. And I'm like, Fall back into it. Life gets hard. Money gets tight. Relationship gets bonded. I'm like, well, it don't matter anyway. Give in. Well, that goes on for a little bit. But I'm telling you, when I finally gave that to God, there's no magical moment. There isn't this crazy amount of things that happen. When I finally said, hey, God, I'm aware that this deep sin is tearing me apart and it's making me ineffective to reach people with your gospel and it's putting me at a stalemate for what I can do for you and I want you more than I want it, and I said, I understand that I have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of me. I fully, fully understand and trust, trust it. Once I did that, and I said, Lord, start giving me the steps. And every day, I started dying to self. I'd wake up in the morning and said, Lord, whatever it is you got for me today, I'll do. And what I'm asking of you is, that sin in my life, we both know is going on. Help me. When these temptations hit, give me scripture to put back against it. When this stuff keeps going on in my life, give me a way out. And every single time, one way or another, he'd give me a way out. It didn't start all at one time. This was addiction I'm talking about. It didn't start all at one time. It didn't, it didn't, the feelings just didn't go away. My desires and temptations just didn't go away automatically. But it gave me a way out every single time. And every single time I was victorious in that, and I could look at it and say, you know what, I won that battle today. I'm getting out of my life, and I'm trusting you for it. It's the only thing that worked. It's the only thing that changed my life in that situation. Now I can look my little boy square in the face and tell him how to be a man. Now I can treat my woman back there the way that she was made to be treated and the way that God loves me, I'm able to convey to her because I don't have this garbage hidden sin in my life. If you've got sin or addiction or anything in your life, that doesn't make you a bad person. Like I said, that makes you a person. What's awesome about this is that Christ has given you a way out daily. And the moment you decide to take that step, he's going to be right there to catch you. Every single time. Consistently. So, like I said, I've seen some crazy stuff. But what I've seen is the only thing I've ever seen effective to defeat sin in our life and be victorious. Because we live in a sinful, broken world. I mean, even back as far as Genesis, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, God had a perfect plan for us. And we decided as human beings to step outside of it. And we do consistently. So ask yourself that today. Like, if there's something that's going on in your heart, like, or there's something that's holding you back from this relationship with Christ, really just seek Him for a way out. Like, I mean, I come from a mess, and God's making something crazy out of this. Like, yesterday, I got to, and just to testify, and there's power in this, like, yesterday, I, like I just told you, I had addiction in my life that would have disqualified me from being able to steward people into their marriage because I wouldn't have been able to sleep at night because I'm like, I'm like, uh, this, is, this is a big thing. This is a covenant before God of two people asking to be married. I've got people coming to me now and saying, hey, one's my little cousin and the other one's my best friend. They asked me in the last two months, and I'm like, I'm like, man, <laughs> 
Things look a lot different now that I've got to sin out of my life because God can use me in ways that he wants to, and I don't have anything hold me back. Not that I'm held to. I mean, I might stumble every once in a while. I'm not perfect, and I'm never going to pretend to be. But God is. And so once I fully submitted all my hidden sins through Christ, he opened up some real breakthroughs in my life. And that's the only reason I can stand in front of y'all today and open this Bible with a clear conscience. It's the only reason. It's because of his strength and not mine. All I prayed all the way here is, Lord, whatever you've got for me in this moment, let it be a you and not a me. Because I don't want it. I can't. I've already tried, and it don't work on my own power. So living by the Spirit, as he's talking about, as we just went through in Scripture. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what we trade him for. That's what he's got for our life. You to be set free and live a life fulfilled towards that thing that the enemy comes in that's trying to kill, steal, and destroy everything about you. He wants to keep you tied up because he can keep you tied up. And even if you are equipped, you won't be able to use those gifts effectively because you're held to this. So, like, that's what I want in my life, and I'm sure that's what you want in your life, and that's, your life, and that's the reason I'm addressing this day is because too many times we come into this building and we, we talk about the goodness of God, and God's great, and that is what to focus on. But there's still a responsibility. Now, there's not, you're not going to be able to do this on your own power, but there's a responsibility in your life to say, hey, I do got sin in my life. I do want more of you, and I can't do this on my own. So, like, here's just like a little pro tip. Like, 2 Corinthians 10, we'll put it on the board. You don't got to flip there. So, in 2 Corinthians 10, it says, For although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh, since the weapons of our warfare are not the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Whatever it is that you're going through, just understand that through Christ we have power over these strongholds that try to get in our life. But we also got to take our thoughts captive. Like when I'm working, especially if it's sexual sin, you got to, when those pop in, don't beat yourself up. Oh, I can't believe I did this again. I can't believe that I'm a sinful, messed up person. You are outside of Christ. So don't beat yourself up in that. Rely on Christ and his strength to pull you through that. So that's one thing I had to do daily. Is just, And I still have to do daily because flesh is still here. I've got a choice every day to live by the Spirit, live by the flesh. Um, so that's just, with that, it's the only thing that's ever worked in my life. And I, and I deal with people that are dealing with a lot of things. I'll just say a lot of addictions, a lot of other stuff. And the only thing that I've ever seen effective in it is the power of the Holy Spirit operating in that person and setting them free from it. And that's the only thing that's going to set us free from what we've got going on. So with that, um, we, I would just like this, just to take a minute, maybe two or three minutes, just, just get still before the Lord and just take a moment to just get quiet before him and ask him to reveal any sin in our life, anything that is distancing us from him. Illuminate it in our life and give us the steps to feed it in our life. And so what I want you all to do for the next two or three minutes is just, you know your heart. You know what you got going on. So just give it to the Lord best you can. And, and if you're not ready to, then ask him to give you the steps out of it. Ask him to give you the steps because there is a responsibility in submitting these things to him. But he'll do it if you do. So if you can, just, uh, we can, we just dim the lights just a little bit. And then just for like two or three minutes, let's just 
Just take time where you're at. Or if you want to come to this altar, however you feel. And just get right with the Lord. Dear Lord, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for being the awesome Father that you are. We thank you for everything it is that you allow in our lives, the things that only you can bring us out of, Lord. As we submit these things, we, we ask you just to bless it, Lord. We ask that the, the victory not just be kept to ourselves, Lord. We ask that what you do in our life be um, just through the power of our testimony, just to glorify you, Lord, in the things that you brought us out of that you only could, Lord. As we ask just that you set um, this body free, Lord, from anything that's holding them down, I ask that you set this community free and everything around us. Just love you so much, and we ask you just to be in this place right now. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen. So one thing, too, that I've been looking at is the, like, the Lord has set you free if you've received salvation. And like you're free indeed, like, but he has set you free for a purpose. And that's not just to say, oh, I'm saved now and I'm going to heaven. That's awesome, but that's not the only thing he's doing. We've been talking about being equipped and having love as we went through 1 Corinthians. And to use those gifts and what he's equipping us to do is to build his kingdom. It's to put our best foot forward to what he's doing in our life. So he cleans us up. He pays those debts that we never could pay. And he equips us to do his work. So as he's doing that, like, allow him to. Um, stay relying on the Spirit instead of indulging in the flesh. And I promise you that one day at a time or maybe automatically, the Lord will change your life in a way that you can't imagine. And that's not just something that's there. And if the, the band wants to come back, they can. Um, and so that's not something that just is just exclusive to one person. or It's exclusive. It's, it's for everyone. Like, Jesus died for your sins. And so, like, with that, like, if that's, if now for those that, like, if anybody in here is still being bound up by the enemy, and this isn't like a, a middle of guilt for anybody to see or anything like that, it's just, if, if sin is still holding you captive, it's binding you up, then, like, don't leave here with that today. Like, if you're saved, praise God. 
Rely on him for those. If you're not saved, like that's something that the Lord wants for you because he's, he's already done his part in it to set you free from it. So like that's something that I encourage in this room. Like Before you leave this place, um, make sure you get that right because right now you're dealing with a, a deficit that you can't pay. If you got sin in your life, then you're going through stuff that you're not going to be able to defeat on your own power. You're not going to be able to white knuckle this. You might get it for a day. You might get it for two. You might get it for three. But for the rest of your life, if you want to be set free, then all you got to do is ask Jesus to come into your life. All you got to do is ask him for that salvation that only he can provide. Now, as we got people on the walls here as our prayer team, um, I just say, like, as we get into this time of worship, uh, if there's some stuff you still need to get straight with God, come to this altar, get it straight with God. If salvation is your next step, find one of these people on the prayer wall and just have a conversation with them. And, and one thing about it is that's going to be celebrated because what's encouraging about this word is, yeah, we have sin. And yeah, we, we, we live in a broken, messed up world. But the Lord has set us free from this stuff in a way that nothing else in the world can. So, like, just submit to that today, not as a just being lorded over, but we serve a loving Father that wants that relationship with you in ways that you can't imagine. And I want that for this congregation because it set me free in a way that I'm able to stand in front of y'all, open this gospel, officiate weddings, preach to students on Wednesday nights before. Never could have did that. Didn't have a purpose. My purpose was my selfishness. And it never paid anything. So as we get into um, this next piece of worship here, um, I just want to pray for us. And like I said, if you if you want to come to solder and get those things straight, um, I know that's where I'm headed. Uh, then, uh, then I just ask you just to feel free in doing that. Uh, I want to pray for us, and then we can get into worship. So. Dear Lord, I just thank you so much for being the awesome Father that you are, Lord. I thank you for everything that you're setting us free of that we don't even know that you've set us free from, Lord. I ask that anything, any blinders on people's hearts and eyes, Lord, that of uh, sin in their life, Lord, I ask that it's removed. I ask that you remove the scales from their eyes, Lord, so they can be saved and walk in salvation with you, Lord. I just thank you so much for what you're doing in this body. I thank you what you're doing in this place, Lord. I ask you to continue to move in ways that we can't move on our own. And we just love you so much, Lord. Thank you. Just be with us today. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen.